Welcome back to episode 27. That's right, episode 27. Last week we had 26, obviously, because it's chronological and that's how it happens. But this is the second episode where Paige Culver and I are together as a team, which is pretty cool. This week's been pretty fun, eh? Uh, Paige, how you doing over there? I'm doing great. Yeah, we've had a good week, actually. We were on the Garage Door Sports podcast yesterday, so that was quite a bit of fun. But yeah, I'm doing good. Yeah, it's been fun. We've uh, dropped the logo, launched a new Instagram page, and uh, so many new things. I mean, <laughs> roll go, in. <laughs> roll and go check out our reels. We've actually had a lot of fun with them, trying to stick up to the trends, and um, the more viewers, the better. Yeah, we're being modern, aren't we? All right, so today's episode sees us joined by a professional soccer player, a mom, and a super talented athlete. Before we introduce them, get comfortable, and we will catch you in a bit. Right. Our guest for today's episode is Rachel Malhado. Um, Rachel played professionally. Uh, sorry, Rachel played at the University of Louisville. She played professionally in Germany and she's made appearances for the Canadian national team and Canada U20 at the World Cup in CONCACAF. She's currently playing for the Oakville Blue Devils in League One, Ontario, and she's finished her master's in kinesiology. On top of all of that, she's also a mom and she's expecting her second child very soon. Uh, welcome to the show, Rachel. Thank you for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you guys so much for having me. I am it's a pleasure and I feel honored to, you know, be with you guys today. But I'm doing good. You know, just living life in COVID and trucking <laughs> through day by day. Awesome. Um, so how long was your kinesiology degree? Because that must have been must have been a um, process. Yeah. Uh, so the reason why I chose it, it was actually a 14 month program. Um, and I decided to do it because of the length of it. It wasn't a full two year masters. Um, and you know, juggling a kid at home and, uh, not being in school for six years. Um, <laughs> I wanted to kind of ease my way back into school and I found the perfect program that, you know, allowed me to have a more hands-on approach to a master's degree. So. Solid. Well, that's great. We're going to get to know you a little bit more as the show progresses. So why don't we hop right into it? Today's starting 11 is brought to us by Shenzi Shack. Don't forget to give the Shack and Chef Sab a follow on Instagram as we bring you cuisines from around the world. They deliver and now are available for pickup in the Vancouver area. So we're just going to ask you a bunch of questions. Um, feel free to answer what you want. Um, obviously, um, whatever your comfort level is. But uh, why don't we start, Paige? I think you have that first question. Yeah. So um, I don't know if you just want to like walk us through when you started playing soccer and then kind of into how you started playing professionally, because I know you played in Germany for a couple of years. So maybe just walk us through that a little bit. Yeah, sure. Um, so I started playing when I was six. So uh, quite a long time ago. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I started playing for a club team in Mississauga, Mississauga Falcons. And stuck with it. Uh, you know, there were points in that young age where I was like, oh, maybe soccer is not for this long, lanky, very uncoordinated child. Um, but I stuck with it, had my dad as a coach and uh, he pushed me through. And um, as we got older, you know, our team traveled a lot to the States and we decided to, you know, 
show ourselves as in as much showcase tournaments as we could. And that's kind of when you got to see that university scout being like, oh, wow, this is a real possibility. You know, you don't see that a lot in Canada, you know, as right. far as playing at a, you know, U18 level and um, having your games. So that was one of those like eye-opening experiences for me and for the, a lot of girls on my team. Um, and yeah, so I had the opportunity of having a Louisville scout be at, you know, one of my games and one of our practices actually with the NTC program. And um, it kind of was just history from there. You know, you, you have your unofficial visit and you commit and you have your official visit. And then I spent four years at the University of Louisville in Kentucky. And it was an amazing four years, got to see a completely different side of soccer, um, the American side of soccer, which is very different in a lot of ways. Um, and from there, uh, you know, to be honest, playing professionally wasn't really in the realm. It wasn't really clicking um, until I started reaching those senior years of uh, university. And I started to realize, I was like, okay, like, I, you know, I'm seeing all of these international soccer players and I'm just like, okay, what is international soccer all about? How does that happen? How do we get that on track? And, or how do you get on track to be able to be an international player? And uh, straight out of university, I went uh, semi-pro to Seattle Sounders. So I lived out there for four or five months and played with them and got called into the national team. And, um, from there, it was the international experience that I was lacking, you know, that experience mm -hmm. of being able to play on an international stage. Right. So that's when I was like, okay, the wheels are turning. How do I get myself overseas to be able to play at a level that will allow me to play hopefully one day for Canada on the national stage um, or even just the international stage? Um, I missed out in university. I was a part of, I was co-captain for the U20 World Cup team uh, where we went to Japan. So we went through the CONCACAF World Cup qualifiers. Um, didn't really make it out of the first round in the, <laughs> World, in the World Cup, which was kind of heartbreaking, um, but it was an amazing experience. And there is nothing like being that girl who gets to stand on the field, listening to their national anthem, looking right. at your flag and being like, oh my gosh, this little girl, you know, 10 to 16 years ago was dreaming of these moments watching Canada play. So it was just amazing. And from there, I got to get a couple caps with the national team and which was even more amazing because I got to actually play along with those girls that I watched at such a young age, which right. was just mind blowing all at once. Um, and yeah, then the overseas opportunity came and started off at a Hereford, uh, Hereford SV in like a Western Germany uh, city. And from there, after my six months there with the team, I got transferred to USV Jena and played two seasons with them. And it was amazing. It was just, uh, it was amazing to see the European side of soccer, the European culture, just everything about it was just awesome. So, right. um, yeah. So I know you went to, Louisville sorry if I don't say it right oh, it's I okay I got <laughs> right um what was it I know that's a pretty massive school what was it like going from you know being a Canadian and not really having those experiences to now going to this massive you know university in in the U.S. culture shock right Complete culture shock I was now on my own I was across a border couldn't just run home to mom or dad if I needed them uh it was a good 10-hour drive um, it was huge because it's like 
I tell people all the time because it's like what you as a Canadian girl, you know, um, what you see on TV when you see the yeah. universities and the fraternities and sororities, it like walking through campus, I was like, am I really here? It felt really surreal. And then to be a part of such an amazing soccer program was just amazing in itself. The coaches, the girls, the team camaraderie was amazing. And it was definitely something that took adjusting to. But once you kind of got on schedule, you knew that, hey, I have to be here. And in order to stay here, I have to perform and be able to, you know, click in real quick onto something I'm a little uncomfortable with, but right. Yeah. As our coach always said, be comfortable with the uncomfortable. So you, right. you, know, you got to do what you got to do. So when and you I think you, Oh, sorry. I was just going to say quickly, I think, you know, um, I'm currently playing with Rachel Avant yes. and I think yeah. she played at Louisville. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Yeah. I follow Little you connection. Over <laughs> awesome. Sorry. What were you going to say? No, I was going to ask, I mean, as a Canadian coming into the States, did you have uh, a Fulbright scholarship or did you have to, you know, transition over because Paige you mentioned something yesterday I believe that you had to get a, a scholarship to, to play in the states right so yeah is that the same thing for you Rachel yeah so I did receive a full ride scholarship um, unfortunately for international students especially athletes um, it gets very expensive you know if you don't have that full ride scholarship and you know not to anyone who hasn't you know but if you have the means to be able to you know receive a scholarship a partial scholarship and still play in the states that's amazing but mm -hmm. you know even that five ten percent it gets very expensive and it, it's difficult for canadians to be given the opportunity without full rides mm -hmm. um, i was very fortunate to receive a full ride from louisville which was amazing you know less pressure on the parents and um, a little bit more pressure on me, but you know, I was willing to take it and run with it. So, right. Did you notice that players on your team might've treated you differently because you're on a full ride scholarship or it, it didn't really matter as long as your talent was shown? Um, the nice thing about it is that it's not really something that's discussed. It's kind of one of those things that's kind of thrown under the rug. If you're there, you're supposed to be there. At least on my team, it was. Mm -hmm. If you're there, you're supposed to be there. You don't talk about how much your scholarship is, how much the scholarship is. It's a very confidential thing that you have that relationship with your coach and your academic advisors. And um, that was the nice thing about it. You don't bring it up and you kind of have an idea if there's other international students and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, you don't talk about it. Yeah, you don't want to create that divide right away. So no, thing. It's no, like, oh, it's here's the, exactly. it doesn't matter what got you there. You deserve to be there if you're there. So For sure. Right, keep it on the field. <laughs> exactly. Well, exactly, yeah. Um, you mentioned earlier today that um, you started playing at the age of six. Did you model your game after any professional athlete or was there an inspiration to your game? Um, you know, it's funny because I was talking to my dad about this when Paige sent out the questions and <laughs> I, he's like, you know, Rich, and I was like, dad, I didn't really, I really personally didn't have somebody that I tried to model after um, mm -hmm. playing at a very young age. Like I said earlier, I was very long, lanky, uncoordinated. There was a couple years there that not a lot of people thought that soccer was Rachel's thing. So, um, and it really wasn't until I was 14 years old that my coat, one of my provincial coaches came to me and said, this weekend that we had at this showcase tournament was your breakthrough tournament. And we got to see a different side of Rachel that, made us believe that you deserve to be here. So it took quite a few years for me to really get into my own zone and really be confident with my abilities. Um, you know, it was more so because we got had the opportunity to go see so many Canadian women's national team games. Um, anytime they were playing close by, we were there. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was that it was the dream of being able to do that one day that kind of pushed me and moved right. me forward and moved me in the direction that I wanted to go. Um, but uh, no, I didn't really have a specific player that, you know, I really tried to hone my, um, abilities to be like, so you basically inspired yourself is what I'm understanding here, right? <laughs> like you became this is what I'm looking for. I'm going to be the Rachel that I want to be. And that's, that's great, man. You, you challenge yeah. yourself, you, you grow yourself, you see what your end goal is. And I think any athlete that's in this position, I'm sure Paige can attest to this is you set yourself a goal, um, not just model it, but you set yourself a goal. And I think that's great for young athletes for sure. Absolutely. Well, and I can, I can say for sure that Rachel has become an inspiration for a lot of the young girls, especially in the Oakville Blue Devils. So you may not have had inspiration from others, but I think you've given a lot of inspiration to others. So absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's um, really awesome to hear. You know, honestly, I had um, my dad, he was my coach from a very young age. And as a lot of people know, when you're dad's the coach, things get a little tougher for you, <laughs> a little um, tension. but you're kind of pushed in a direction, whether you really know that that's the direction you want to take or not. Um, I think a lot of it was that so many people kept telling me they had potential. I had potential mm. and they can see so many things in me that I just wasn't able to see yet. And I think hearing it from somebody, mm. you know, at an age of 14, when I'm really, you know, trying to be the best soccer player I can be and hearing this was your moment it was like, okay, things have clicked. And, you know, I have taken inspiration from people, but I wouldn't say it was necessarily honed in on a specific soccer player. Um, maybe my inspiration came from, you know, outside forces, you know, family, my dad, um, my coaches, my teammates. So, yeah. The people that you don't re- usually talk about, the ones that help you through your ride, right? Absolutely. Um, 100%. You know, rather than saying, well, you know, Mia Hamm was my inspiration or Christine Sinclair. It's like, great, they were, but like you've become your own individual because how did your journey get to where you are? And I, I think that's what we appreciate about you for sure is um, the fact that not only are you inspiration on the pitch, but you're also an inspiration off the pitch, um, which I think we've mentioned <laughs> before, but like <laughs> yeah, the fact sure. that you you have like Edward Scissorhands going on with like 15 different million <laughs> hands <I> just... <laughs> throwing out um I love that thank you so you've played at you know quite a few major levels that you know people aspire to play at how do you prepare for those big games or those big opportunities um you know definitely how I prepared has changed over the years the past few years for sure um but back in those moments it was just being in my zone, making sure that, you know, the night before was a good night, waking up positive, um, having a good meal. I am the type I, well, used to be, um, the type of person, the moment I wake up headphones on, you know, listening to my good music, just getting good vibes, just being around my teammates, um, my roommates, my family, you know, having a great car ride there. Um, a lot of the times it was asleep on the car ride, but, it worked for me. You know, I just wanted to be relaxed and Zen and in my own kind of mood. Um, recently, you know, playing semi-pro with Oakville Blue Devils and having a little one, I don't really have the opportunity to have headphones on. Um, <laughs> yeah. You gotta be a mom first. Out. Uh, yeah. So, but it's just, you know, honestly, now it's having a good morning or a good day with my family and just relaxing. The best thing is when they get to come with me. So like taking that drive with them and letting, you know, my little one come into the locker room with me before and just good vibes. I'm that's all I'm about. I don't really have super superstitions as and rituals, um, but just good vibes, feeling positive, being positive, 
and portraying that to myself, my teammates, my family, everything. So in the locker room, are you the dancer in the, in the, you know, in the dance circle? Or are you the one with the head? She's bobbing. She's a dancer. Um, <laughs> you know, it's funny because in university and even in Germany, I was the dancer. If a song came on, ooh, like <laughs> Rachel was getting up. Headphones were coming off and I'm getting up and I'm moving and getting other people to feel relaxed too. Um, a little different, I would say. I mean, Paige, you can attest to it too. In Oakville, a little more laid back. Right. Um, I feel like there's a little bit more of... Um, well, one thing, one or a couple of our teammates kind of take over the playlist. So I let them do their thing. And if they're vibing, I'm vibing. Um, but I feel like it's a little bit more of, I don't really want to say seniority um, on the team, but just a little bit more of relaxation. And right. becoming a mom has really kind of changed the way I address things and changed the way I kind of set myself up for things. And I think it's, because my life is so hectic outside of the field, the locker room is my time to just relax. Relax. Cool. You know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. If a good song comes on, I'm either singing or dancing if I can, um, which <laughs> one of them are really good at. So, um, but yeah, it's just, it's just good vibes all around. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially if you have positive hormones going up and positive excitement, oh, yeah. you, need, you need a different game. Cause I mean, if you're, let's say you're in a relegation battle, like some of us here on the show, <laughs> you yep have positive vibes right like you need to be able to absolutely to, to start the game well no matter who you're facing so i think that's great right. for sure you want to take the next one yeah sure um as as a player now like at a at, you've played professionally in germany at the university and and with oakville now um what do you feel is your greatest weakness as, as a player and then maybe your greatest strength and they can also be the same thing because that's what interviewers always look for right <laughs> <laughs> Um, honestly, I've had a major kind of greatest weakness all throughout my playing career from early stages to now. It's just kind of when, uh, Rachel is down on herself, Ooh, it's mm. hard to get out. So, right. um, it's just that, that ability to be able to pick myself up. And, um, I really got to hone in on this in my university experience. We had an amazing uh, person come in and kind of work on our mental toughness and our mental ability and our mental strength, I should say, sorry. Um, and it was just, you know, being able to, you know, when things are down and not going your way in a game and as a defender, it's very easy to get down on yourself. Um, right. You know, it's a very easy to take the blame. Um, so it's just being able to pick myself up, you know, quicker that um, it, I would have to say is my biggest uh, weakness as far as just that self-doubt sometimes that kind of hones in. Um, but it also leads to my greatest strength because, you know, I have been a leader on so many teams um, and being able to now pick myself up in, you know, a time when I might not be doing so well to then show other girls that, hey, it, it happens. This is a game. We make mistakes. Can you pick yourself up and move on? And what's the next best thing that you can do? And I always try to focus on the next best thing. Um, and yeah, my greatest strength would lead to just using my communication and my leadership skills to be able to work on the next best thing that we can all do as individuals and as a team to be able to succeed. Sure. I have a quick defender question for you, just because sure. you said that, you know, the pressure of being a defender and mostly getting the blame if something goes wrong. Um, 
I don't know if you've seen this like TikTok or not, but it's like when a defender makes the best defensive play you've seen an entire game and like rob somebody, the, the coach goes like this. Uh, for those online <laughs> that cannot see this, I'm just like easily clapping. And then when a striker taps the ball and it's like we're celebrating for celebrating. Dave. So how do you feel about that as a defender? I know I have two defenders on on the pod right now. So I think both of you can answer this. But how do you feel when that happens, when you make the best play you've ever made? And it, it, it probably doesn't get enough recognition when it should because it just saved your team's ass. Yeah. Um, you know, it. that's a good question because I feel like it's the reason why that is, is because as a defender, that's expected. That's your job. That's what you're right. supposed to do. You're supposed to go out there and regardless of it being the best play of the game or the, the play that, you know, saved your team from a loss or whatever that may be a goal. Um, it's almost expected of you to do that. So that's your job. So that little clap is good job. You're doing your job. So is the striker's job to score. No, absolutely. <laughs> but I think but they're seen as the hero. From, yeah. What comes from, from mm-hmm. what they're doing as their job, mm. you know, comes from something a little bit more celebratory, you know, right. something that can actually advance you. Um, and not that saving a goal can't advance you either. Cause you know, like they say, the best defense is the best offense. Offense, right. Be real. Um, um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, but you know, honestly, I don't even, I don't really care for it. Don't think about honest, it. Yeah. As you know, as you grow up in the realm of being a soccer player and getting to that professional level, it's, this is my job. So whether right. you want to sure. celebrate me for it or not, yeah. At the end of the day, I'm happy with what I did. And I know my teammates are too. At the end of the game, it might not have been, Rachel, that that play saved our game. Right, our right. right. You know, we won because of you. No, you won because of the other girl who scored. And that's fine. <laughs> that was the difference. That's fine. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, as long as my job, I can look myself in the mirror and say, I did my job today, kept ourselves from losing this game. Um, that's all that matters. I know you mentioned like communication before what kind of communication style do you use I I've played with you so I kind of know for (laughs) for people listening like are you loud are you quiet I know you said you're you're a leader and you're a captain and you know you playing as a defender that's kind of the role that you take on so what is like your communication style on the field definitely not quiet Uh, (laughs) yes um, I would agree (laughs) (laughs) um I am loud I I try to always have my voice going and I try to be that voice where um and you know everyone gets into their moments there are moments where I'm quiet too you know where it's just like oh wait Rach click back in let's get that voice going again just being that voice that at no matter what point in that 90 minutes my teammates can hear me and know that I'm rooting for them and that we're in this together even if it's not something that's constructive or you know even if it's just something uplifting, I am right. a loud, communicative person. I talk all the time. I like to say I'm surprised I haven't lost my voice more because for 90 minutes, <laughs> I don't shut up. Um, hey, uh, that's yeah, good I, as a defender. That's your job, right? Yeah. So. I mean, we can see the whole field, right? Apart from the goalkeeper who sometimes is, you know, a little bit more out of the game. We see everything and we have mm-hmm. everything in front of us. And I truly believe that it's our job to be the vocal point of the team because, you know, we are able to, you know, see where things are going and understand how maybe things are broken down a little bit more and understand placement. And it's our job to pass that communication on to the next line who can then pass it on to the next line. So I think that's such a great way to put it and a great way to look at it. Thank you. 
Um, so I know you were playing in Germany and the culture may be a little bit different. I don't know if you've experienced any sort of like racial abuse or racial, racial inequalities like within your team because you've played in quite a few different countries. Is this something that you notice or is it not so much because you're an athlete or maybe a little bit more because you're an athlete on the team or even on the field or within like social media, those kind of things? Um, honestly, I've been very fortunate. I haven't had any personal, you know, racial abuse or inequality that I have personally felt. Um, you know, my teams in Germany, both teams that I played for were absolutely amazing. We had a lot of international girls as well. Um, I would say it was more so the outside culture outside of the sport that right. was a little bit like, you know, we're here in Canada, we are very multicultural, you know, we see every race every day, all the time. Um, and you grow up and that's our normal. Right. And, and, you know, going over to Germany and, you know, where it is predominantly white. And um, the first town that I did stay in was um, primor primarily elderly population, um, very, very small, tight knit community. Um, it was one of the first times that I had ever experienced somebody looking at me differently because of the color of my skin. Um, so it was a little bit of a shock because I'm now. 22 23 years old and experiencing this for the first time mm -hmm. so it was um different it wasn't uh, a little disheartening because you think that you're all past that and you're like oh i'm i'm in my 20s like <laughs> nobody thinks like that anymore but it is different from culture to culture and there's no animosity there's no um no type of dislike towards the feeling that i had but i honestly am grateful for the experience because it got to let me see how things are different everywhere in the world that you go. And, um, you know, people are based on the color of their skin and it's a difficult thing that we have to, to go through, but you know, at the end of the day that we can't change it, you know, we can't right. change, sorry, we can't change the color of our skin. Right. Right. We can change how we perceive the things that are being portrayed towards us. And, you know, I just took it like, wow, this still does go on, but I've been very fortunate that when it comes to soccer and, you know, maybe it is from being an athlete and being a part of a community that kind of takes away where it's no longer about the color of my skin it's about the player that I am and right. who I am on and off the field that I've been very privileged to be able to never experience something that has targeted me for right, my right. race so I'm, I'm very happy to hear that I mean I wish that everyone sort of thought like that because I, I think we we see this in, in different structures of the game currently especially professionally right. where where players deal with this on a constant basis but i'm very happy to hear that you know you had a supportive system within your team within the field um obviously you can't control what happens outside of that but i think at the same time uh recognizing it and being able to speak about it is just as important as um absolutely. experiencing it absolutely thank you um yeah okay so we'll switch over a little bit so um you know you played in Louisville and then you played in Germany what was that professional experience like in Germany um it was awesome uh soccer wise it was amazing to see how different the styles are and I'm sure you can attest to this as well Paige right mm -hmm. you know going from the Canadian American side of style of soccer to the European side of soccer and understanding that like you know in America you know and you at Kent State you would have seen 
we were in the gym all the time. Oh yeah, always. We were on the field <laughs> running all the time. And it was about being the bigger, faster, stronger team and who can last 90 to 120 minutes. Um, and then moving over to the European kind of style of soccer and seeing that it's all a lot more up here than it is what you can physically do or physically lift in a gym. We were in the gym for one day out of the week when I was in Germany for maybe 30 to 40 minutes. And I was just like, that's it. That's all the work we're doing in the gym. And everything else was on the field. Everything was about your soccer IQ, your, you know, your technicality and being able to allow the ball to do majority of the work rather than us doing the work. And I think that's kind of how the games kind of change. Mm -hmm. Um, But the experience overall was amazing. It was it's just, it was a really, I was fortunate to have both teams be in, you know, big soccer um, communities and just being, you know, even being outside of the field and having somebody be like, oh, you play for US Vienna. Um, and like just being noticed and recognized and be, you know, you're a celebrity. Yeah, you know, you feel <laughs> good. It makes you feel really good when somebody recognizes you and sees that, you know, you're somebody from the women's game who's, you know, out there, you know, trying to make a name for herself and trying to you know, an international player trying to come into a completely different culture of soccer. Um, it was just, it's just an amazing, uplifting experience, a lot of hard work and uh, you put the time into it and you get out what you put in. And it's just, it's amazing if you can really take that and kind of roll with it. So. So on the, when you, when you now you've been playing professionally in Germany and you come collective with the national team and there's a lot of girls playing professionally all over the world. Do you find that the different styles show up like when you're back in with your national teams or when you have this mix of players who've been playing in different countries? Um, I noticed it kind of more so while I was playing professionally in Germany, while I was in Germany, I wasn't actually a, like, wasn't into the national team too much right Um, at the very beginning of my career I was um but it's to be honest from what I saw was no I it's like you come into the Canada setting and it's like everybody is back together again it's like waiting for this moment yes we get to play as Canada again and it's it's crazy because all those different styles just merge together so nicely and so unified that it's just like it's like you're watching this and you're just like holy crap this is amazing like she's over here in England and she's in France and she's in Germany and she's in Sweden all these places and it's just like it just comes together and it fits so nicely and I think that's because the Canadian women's national team has such a tight-knit community it's such a tight-knit family and every girl understands their role when they come into camp and it just, it works. It works really well. And I don't know about other international teams, but for Canada, it's just something that it wasn't so much that clashed. It really connected and it was great. Well, that's good. That's good to hear that. It didn't like, it didn't become like, Oh, now we have to find our style again that, you know, you bring in these collective different styles. So that's, that's nice to hear. Cause Mm -hmm. I've always wondered, cause you know, girls are playing all over the world. So, and like you said, the style is so different from country to country for sure. Does your coach take that into consideration um, when you have people who play in different systems and different styles instead of, you know, playing the English dump and run or let me try and outrun you for 90 to 120 minutes, like you said? Because, I mean, 
uh, that isn't soccer anymore. Is I mean, yeah, you need your stamina and your ability to to play a long game, but at the same time, it comes down to that mental mental aspect of the game. So, does your coach take into that into consideration at the national level? Um, I'm sure that they do, like 100. Okay. percent um, But the nice thing about it is that you know, speaking for Canada, is that they have their own identity. You know, the uh, building that identity has been one of the things that Canada has prided itself on for so many years, and. I think that being able to use all these different styles coming together, it's almost like Canada never leaves the girl, no matter where you go, that style never leaves. It's, we are defenders and warriors at heart and we are going to beat you down until we can't anymore. You know what I mean? Ryan Rosenfeld drilled it into you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And that never leaves you. So it's like when you come into that camp setting, it's like, every girl it looks like every girl is at peace and every girl is just at home and ready to go back to being a canadian soccer player that's awesome i love the pride in that that's so great to hear absolutely for some reason when you're wearing the red and the white or you're hearing the national anthem it completely changes who you are and you go this is my country i mean obviously i haven't played at high levels like the two of you but you know i'll give an example of the world the Olympics a couple years back when Canada won in hockey, for example, it's not soccer, but hockey, but the national anthem comes on and you're like, I'm so giddy because like, yeah. this is my country. And, and I can't imagine what the two of you feel when you put on, put on the colors for sure. Absolutely. It's the feeling like no other. For sure. <laughs> yeah. And with that positive Canadian note, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to ask uh, Rachel questions about being a mom and an athlete. So stay tuned. <laughs> hey guys, I'm Gabe Ferraro. And I'm Logan Lockhart from Between the Uprights on the Garage Door Sports Network. We cover everything football from NFL, CFL, and all off-season storylines. We make our weekly picks during the season and cover every headline in the off-season. Check us out on the shows tab at garagedoorsports.com for our weekly episodes. Come join me, Kellen Forrest, on the On the Mic college basketball podcast powered by the Garage Door Sports Network where we talk everything from my disdain for Duke basketball to my love for Kentucky and John Calipari and everything in between. Check us out under the Shows tab at garagedoorsports.com and listen wherever you get your podcasts. We are back from our mini little break and we still have Rachel with us. So uh, Paige, why don't you start off uh, the next set of questions? Yeah, so you're you're now you're starting your pre- professional cl- career. You've been playing in Germany a couple years, and then you find out you're having a baby. What was that like, and what was that experience oh, when you your first scary. initial like, oh, I'm a mom? <laughs> scary. I will tell you that. I'm gonna be completely honest. Um, you know, it wasn't something that was you know necessarily planned, and I'm okay with that. Um, you know, it just kind of was something that happened um and I think it was oh my gosh so many different emotions that just ran through uh my mind and my partner's mind and we were just like what now like where do we go from this you know I'm still in the pinnacle of my career and um you know if not at the highest point of my career and I was doing really well and I was you know showing up where I needed to show up and being a leader where I needed to be a leader so it was just like it was scary (laughs) that is the best way that I can give to you because it was exciting but that excitement was kind of overdrawn by oh my gosh what do I do now almost nervousness anxiousness 
just being frantic, um, but not to scare anyone. Um, it was one of those things where it took a couple days. It took right, a couple days right. to kind of, you know, really figure out, okay, what's next? What, right. what's the next plan? What, where, where are we going from here? You know, there are so many other moms out there that have done it and are still doing it. So, you know, how can I just add myself to that list of girls? So, right. And when you, when you eventually tell your team and your coaches, did you find that there was support from your league or from your, your um, club for, for athletes who choose to have a baby? Cause you see it now with like Alex Morgan, Sydney LaRue, all these players are now making the decision to, to have kids while they're in their playing career. Did you receive that kind of, were there resources for you in Germany? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say resources, but the support was there 100%. Um, I think that was one of the scariest talks I would have had was with my coach. Cause I, right. you know, being a young woman, you know, you know, doing really well in her sport and having to go to now my coach who was actually a new coach for that season. Um, and just be like, Hey, I was, I was worried of the reaction. I didn't know what right. kind of reaction I was going to get. Um, I wasn't, I was unfamiliar with how Europeans dealt with this, um, with being pregnant and, you know, being a soccer player at the same time. Um, but they were supportive of me 100%. Um, one of my coaches like started to tear up and was like giving me hugs. And I was just like, what is going on? Like, why are you so happy? <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> awesome. You know, and it, and it made me think like, okay, I can be really happy about this too, because that does not mean that it's over. And one of my coaches said, the first thing she said was like, well, whenever you're ready to come back, just give me an email, phone call me, let me know what you, where your head's at, what's going on. And I was just like, oh yeah, I can still do this after a baby. I can still, right. you know, be oh, able amazing. to do what I love. Yep. And, you know, the support was there from the very beginning. And from that moment, I never had a doubt. That's so great to hear. I love to yeah. hear that. So businesses and, and, and people out there, if you're hearing this, support your women when they go on maternity leave. God damn. Uh, the amount of issues. Uh, so I work a uh, little background side note. I do work HR and we always get this and they're like, do I get paid? Do I get supported? What's going on? So um, please do support because moms make the world just saying. And Mother's yeah. Day was last weekend. So love and support moms. Okay. Sorry. Back to this. <laughs> I love it. Well, that's, no, that's great. I love to hear that you had the support because I think that's a big concern for a lot of female athletes is if I choose or if this happens and I, and I am, I'm pregnant or I'm having a baby, how, how does my career continue after that? Or, or, you know, are there resources for me? So it's so great to hear that your club, even in Germany, we're like, yeah, go for it. Let us know when you're ready to come back and we'll take you. So, yeah. So, and I'm glad that you had that experience. Um, so now you've, you've had your baby and yes. you decide, I still want to play soccer. How do you go from, you know, taking those months and then trying to get back to high level? Cause you're still playing at a very high level and you came back to a very high level. So what was that transition like? Um, easier than I expected, to be honest. And I think that solely comes from the passion and the love that I have for this game is that you can't take it out of me. Like it's not going to go right. anywhere. Um, you know, it was that originally our plan was to go back to playing overseas and uproot and bring the family with me and, you know, we'll go and do it. But, um, you know, unfortunate, not really unfortunately, but, you know, things came out where I started to have to reevaluate my life, where I wanted it to go, um, you know, for financial reasons, for, you know, just 
support being around family. This is our first child and, you know, we want to be close to home. And, you know, I've always wanted to go back to school and I'm like, well, does that now get put on hold? Um, all that kind of stuff. And do now, you know, the pay isn't amazing, you know, and um, can I support my family? You know, can my partner still continue to work um, while I'm over there? He doesn't right. know the language. He'd have to learn the language. How does this affect us when we are ready to come back to Canada and start our life here? Um, so, so many factors played into it and uh, it took a few months, but I was training to come back overseas. And it wasn't until about two or three months into my training that I was reevaluated and realized, okay, what do I want from this? And being a new mom and, you know, having my little girl and having the support of my family around, I didn't want to leave it. And I knew that I needed to figure out what opportunities I had here that would allow me to be a mom and still do what I love. So I came across League One and I remember that League One was a thing and I was just like, oh my gosh. And I started emailing <laughs> coaches and my daughter was six months at the time and I'm like, I'm training, I wanna be on a team and like, get me in there. Can I come to a practice? Can I, even if I'm just a practice player, I don't care, I need to get on the field. Right, you missed um, it so much. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, there is, setbacks because your body changes so much and you know you have to be able to remember and it's hard to transition yourself from being that go 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 athlete where you're used to working out six seven days a week not stopping and once you're working out you're going two hours hard and it's hard to kind of okay take that break where after you give birth you have to take six weeks where you really can't do anything right and you know there were times where after three weeks I was like I can go to the gym I can do this and <laughs> tried to do certain things and it didn't really work out for me. So understanding to take time and understand that my body has changed and I need to re-strengthen my body in a way that I pretty much have to start from ground zero kind of thing. And that little three week time in the gym that lasted about 15 minutes in the gym before I picked my stuff up and went home, um, that I realized, okay, like take a step back, let's start from square one. And so I got in touch with like a pelvic core specialist and made sure that I really understood how to re-strengthen my core, um, which was shot. Um, yeah. And just I try and imagine. build myself. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I'm like, I can barely do a sit up. What is going on? <laughs> um, you know, and try and re-strengthen myself before I start putting myself into sport specific training. Right. And once that kind of six weeks of that kind of went through, um, then it was pretty much back to work and just mm -hmm. trying to get my cardio back up and try and build my strength slowly, but more in a sports specific mobility way. And uh, yeah, it was uh, tough, but at eight months, my daughter, well, sorry, my daughter was eight months and then I played in my first league one game and yeah, it's been it's amazing there. <laughs> you're, you're essentially relearning everything that you've 100 done since you were a kid it's like uh, rehabbing any sort of injury it's like you gotta absolutely teach yourself the same thing even though right. muscle memory knows it it's just can your body handle it right and that's absolutely that's a it fantastic brain to muscle connection yeah like your mind is strong of course you're like i know i can do this it's just can the rest of your body keep up with how fast you're going with your mind right couldn't right. have said it better yeah so i guess for athletes that want to be moms and don't want to give up the sport itself, just the way you've done it or uh, other professional athletes have done it. What advice would you, would you give to these newly moms or the ones that want to be moms? Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Simple. That's easy. It. <laughs> Do it. And 
you know, if there's anyone that ever steps in your way or tells you that you can't, they're completely full of it. Um, you know, it is, I'm not going to lie and say it's an easy thing. And, you know, it's funny because you look to social media and you see people like Alan Morgan and Sydney LaRue who have that utmost support, who get to be six, seven months pregnant and still playing or not playing, but practicing, practicing yeah. up with their touches. I saw Alex Morgan doing some shots at like seven, eight months pregnant. You know what I mean? And you see that kind of stuff and you think to yourself, wow, it looks so easy. It's not that easy. It's a lot of work and it takes a lot of support and it takes a lot of mental toughness. It really does. Mentally, emotionally, your emotions change completely. So be ready for oh, that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm sure your, your hormones are just like, it, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Everything is, it's most of the time your actions are based off of your emotions once you become a mother. But you know, if don't ever doubt yourself. If you want to be a mom and still do what you love, you 100% can. There are so many women out there who have done it. I am here if you need any advice, <laughs> if you want to talk about it, if you want some guidance. Um, honestly, just go ahead and do it. Don't ever doubt yourself. And just as long as it's something that you want and you want to pursue, you can do it. You can achieve anything that you put your mind to. So how much has your alert level increased uh since you become a mom because i'm sure you're like hyper actively sensitive to every little thing that happens and does that like maybe change the way you've seen the game now it's like you know you have a kid running around and you realize that you gotta you have a, you have an eye in this corner and then you also have an eye in the game so like how does how do you do that honestly that's a great question because it's changed my vision and awareness on the field has <laughs> changed so much it's crazy because I feel like I can watch my daughter on the sidelines and watch the game at the same time. And it's like, it, but it's just in the sense of the game itself. It's, I don't know. It was one of those things that I just had one of these games with Oakville and I was just like, Holy crap. Like, I feel like I can see everything. <laughs> and like, it's, and I think it comes from when you are at home and you're worried about what you're newborn or your toddler is doing but you're also trying to cook dinner or you're washing the dishes and you're wondering where they are are they okay and you always when you're at home or out with your family you always have a sense of what they're doing and what you're trying to do so it only just plays into the field because I have a sense of what I need to do and what everybody else is doing and it's like it's almost like you become the mother of the field where your teammates are your kids and you're literally like okay I'm this is my goal this is who I need to watch okay what is she doing where does she need to be Mm -hmm. how can I position her in a spot to better position the team it's crazy how it changes and it takes a little while it took me about a year or so year and a half to kind of actually realize that I was experiencing it but it is an amazing thing because you just have this moment where you're like, wow, like I can use this to my advantage so much. (laughs) And it just makes you that much stronger of a leader or a player or a teammate that, you know, you have the opportunity that not very many other people do have to be able to see the field in a different way. Exactly. And I mean, you mentioned how you communicate on the pitch already. Um, This probably just helped it 10 times more and going now girls look up to you even more and like not only your leader your mom and you know how to handle all the all the all little things that pop up between games and the stress that may or may not come from you know watching a toddler who might walk into a wall while you're cooking or something who knows Um, right well it's so great like being I've I've played with Rachel and and it's so great you know you see her on the field and and her partner her parents are over there with Jordan running around and what's that feeling like after a game and you see Jordan come running at you 
there's no feeling that compares to it. It is the most amazing feeling. Like just, it's even just, you know, at a stoppage in game and you get to see your kid over there or you hear them screaming out, that's my mommy. And it's just like, you're no longer playing for yourself and you're no longer, and see the emotions come in already. And it's like, this would be the new baby. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to have two running at you. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah. And I didn't mention it, but I am expecting another. So in October, Mm -hmm. so that's super exciting. Ah! (laughs) Um, But it's, it's just one of those things where it's like, you no longer are thinking about just yourself. You're thinking about how can I be that positive role model for my children? And how can I show them that, Mommy can put her mind to it and do anything. So can you. Right. And, oh, gosh. Wow. <laughs> Hormones <laughs> are fun. <laughs> oh, don't worry. It's great. <laughs> um, and it's, it's just one of the best feelings in the world. Of course. To know that they can look at you and look up to you and just hearing their little voices and then see them screaming, running over to you while you're trying to cool down and you don't ever really <laughs> get a good cool down. Um, it's, it's amazing. It's a feeling that gosh, I, it makes me feel like I want to have a million children and keep playing soccer <laughs> so I can keep feeling this. So, oh my goodness. But it's That's just amazing awesome. to set a, in a set a role and it kind of makes you look at other, your younger teammates, it's like, you know, your kids. And I don't want to take, make any of my, you know, younger teammates with Oakville or anyone in the past feel like I think you're my children. But, you know. It's <laughs> no, just, it's like you have a motherly instinct now and yeah, you care for them the same way. Exactly. And, you know, when I'm in the field, I'm, I'm now a mom on the field and it's like, okay, how can I set my teammate up to be the best player that they can be? Right. And, you know, how can I put them into a position where, you know, I can use my experience to be able to show them that, you know, so many things are possible. And it's just, it's, it's just amazing. Being a mom and continuing to play. (laughs) It's great. Do we low-key have a coach in the in the makings here or something like that? Because, I mean, you're thinking like a coach, how to make <laughs> your players much better, especially from the kids and everything from that perspective. But um, um, I am actually doing my C licensing right now. Um, yes! Look at this. She's a superwoman. I'm oh, my you. goodness. Yeah. So um, that actually starts tomorrow. We've got a whole bunch of stuff that we've oh. had to do, uh, tasks and It'll probably be a month to two month process just with COVID and not being able to meet in person and all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, I've been starting my C license and hopefully be able to translate this onto my kids and, you know, other kids out there and just, you know, we have a role, we have a job to do when we reach this level, when we reach a professional level and whether you're a mom or not, as women in this game, it's so important for us to be able to use our experiences and our knowledge and our, you know, just our time yeah. and being there to show everyone else what is possible. You know, the good, the bad, the ugly, you know, just being 100% transparent because you have to be as a female in any sport really yeah. in our today's day. Mm-hmm. And it's just so important for us to be able to use our experiences and knowledge to to get out the best in everyone and bring the next generation even better than we did it so well and it's players like you who paved the way and showed the direction for those other players that that maybe want to have kids or want to get into coaching or 
want to play, have a kid, go back to school, start their coaching career, do all of it at the same time. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> thank you. And I have think another kid. Yeah, have another kid. <laughs> and I think when you're talking about change, it might not be rapid change, but it'll be five to 10 years down the road. And I'm glad that you're trying to lay that foundation for young athletes, especially young girls, um, your daughter included there. But um, like, I think that's, that's just an inspiration. I think I've said that like five times already, but it is, <laughs> it truly is. And I think that next advice question, I think we would want to ask you is you're able to balance a family. You're able to balance a team. You're able to balance training and you were able to balance school at the same time. What advice would you give um, young athletes or young women um, they're having a hard time balancing all this. Like what's that thing that got you through it? Remember why you're doing it. Remember what got you there in the first place. You know, sometimes we don't really have that option, especially in university and stuff where you can't have school without soccer and you can't have soccer without school. And, you know, sometimes it can seem a little overwhelming, but remember deep down what got you there, all that hard work you put in to get to where you are today all the hard work that you want to put in to get you to where you want to be in the future. Just remember what got you there and stick with it because it's going to be hard, but it will be 100% worth it. That's awesome. I love that. I'm going to follow that advice now. Yeah. I'm going to go do it. What are you talking about? So, we don't even know what to say. It's, it's so it's motivational. So, <laughs> so looking, you know, looking towards the future, you're having your, your second kid. Have you ever thought about, you know, maybe playing outside of Canada ever again? Um, to be honest, no. Um, I just don't think that it's in my cards. Um, you know, we've started to build, you know, a family and a home here and uh, would like to continue to build it. Um, and I have found such happiness with being able to be a mom and still play at a, you know, high level. High level. Yeah, Canada. it's a good level. Yeah. Um, but, you know, now taking my um, playing to even mentorship roles and, you know, I'm starting to mentorship girls from Ryerson University coming the next season. And just, I feel like we've started to lay down our foundation and I just want that foundation to continue to grow. And I think that's best here because there's so much growth that Canada needs that, yeah. It, Mm -hmm. it, it's important for us to stick around and it's important for me I feel like to stick around and as much as I would love to go back and play in Germany or at Europe or wherever and be able to bring my family and show them everything that I got to experience I have my experiences to tell those stories mm -hmm. so I think that for me I wouldn't go back to playing unless Canada got a professional league I'm all for it I am <laughs> I will travel my family across Canada, no problem. Um, but I think there's a lot of work that needs to be done here in Canada. And I think there's a strong group of females that are beginning to pave that way. Mm -hmm. There has been already a way paved, but there's so much more that needs to go yeah, and forward. So um, for me, it's Canada and Canada till I die. That's <laughs> awesome. Sound like an ambassador. Are you sure you don't want to like um, be an ambassador for the the soccer? Like create a league in Canada or something very similar to the CPL, but maybe have a CWPL or something. I think maybe that'd be a great future for for Canadian soccer. But again, we don't know. We're speculating. But um, if they ever need a if they ever need an ambassador, I think you've got the professionalism and the experience yeah. down pat. Hit me up. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. I'm willing to do it. That would be amazing. You know, even if 
a professional league came out of when I stopped playing. Like, right. Any way to, you know, get girls to stay home. I mean, I remember as a yeah. kid, we, no offense, Canada, we love you, but we did everything we could to leave. To leave. Yeah. Like, the opportunities weren't here for us as right. far as being able to excel as young athletes. Um, so it'd be really nice for Canadians to find home in, in Canada. Canada. No. Yeah. I, I agree. I very much agree with that. Do we think that maybe the NWSL needs to move up north a little bit and sort of have like what the National Hockey League or the NBA does with like Canada, US travel? Is that is that something that we could see in the future? I mean, I'm just speculating again, but. You know, I mean, it's it's not out of question. I've heard people bringing it up. I've heard people thinking about, you know, trying to bring it into the works, um, you know, but there's a lot of things that the NWSL has been so... Um, built up in this in america right. um i don't know to be honest i'm not i'm not sure and i can't speculate to that because i don't know no, for I, sure no right, you know right. i don't really talk to the people who kind of were I just, <laughs> I've, I've had conversations about you know yeah. how great of an idea that would be um but i think that we need to work here i think no of course to, of course you know just continue to build up here and if that means, you know, we create a league and somehow combine the leagues, you know what I mean? So we don't just have a couple Canadian teams in the NWSL, you know, we can have a bunch of teams in the NWSL. Yeah. It would be so great to have our own league. Like, oh, for yeah, sure. it would. I dream of that day, but it you would. know, absolutely. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you have your, your master's in kinesiology looking a little bit past soccer. Do you think that you'll take that route and pursue more of like a kin related field? Um, that's the plan. Um, I would like to be able to, so COVID has kind of put on my registration for becoming a kinesiolo- registered kinesiologist. Right. Um, I was supposed to be one this April, but that didn't happen. Um, so hopefully <laughs> September I can take my exam and become a certified registered kinesiologist. Um, I'd love to be able to open up my own practice. Me and my partner want to open up a, you know, have plans down the road, maybe a decade or so, uh, you know, COVID kind of put a lot of things on hold for us. Um, right. Well, because I remember you guys talking about opening up a gym. And, yeah, we want to open up like a gym. And he's really big into MMA, MMA and wrestling. Yep. And I can handle the, you know, rehabilitation, strength and conditioning kind of portion of those things and just combine both of our loves. Um, you know, add some soccer in there as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I it's a passion of mine. I love, you know, I definitely didn't get into kin for the money. Uh, that's for sure. Um, but, you know, like I said, it, the passion takes over everything. And at the end of the day, I just want to be doing something that I absolutely love and rehabilitating people through movement to a better life is right up my alley. So, um, yeah, I'm hoping to be able to have my own practice and, you know, become a registered kinesiologist. Um, I also have some other career aspirations that have kind of hit me this past couple of years. Um, but I'll leave those, I'll leave those for the, for later on, um, later on yeah. expose those, but, um, right. but yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, secrets to come. So keep in yeah. touch. Can't, um, give all, can't give your whole hand away, right? You exactly, have to exactly. Hide the ace a little bit there. Um, but again, it's been fantastic to hear from you, uh, to speak with you about your experiences as, as a person, as a mom. Um, I will say one thing though, um, that moms are super, super moms are amazing. The fact that I think we can all, all agree to this, that what your parent does for you, um, or even for the single dads that what they do for you to replace that role, um, or to be that mom for you, is just 
super. It's fantastic. And I think my motivation has always been my mom. Um, I'm saying it from my heart, but I think we can all agree to that. Um, so thank you for being super mom. Uh, and I think thank we you. all wish you the best of luck and, and we do hope to have you back with us in the future. And I think, um, you know, eventually when you open that new clinic of yours, you can come sponsor us and, um, yeah. hey, I'll, I'll be your first patient. Cause I mean, yeah, I me have chronic, too. I have chronic back pain since I was 16. So for me, <laughs> if you want to rehab me, I am a hundred percent going to come as that dummy if you need it. Chronic is like music to our ears. Right. <laughs> we love that word. She's like, yes, <laughs> come, I'm ready. Please, come to me. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate being on here, being able to, you know, speak about my experiences and my knowledge and um, my past and future. And um, yeah, anytime you guys want to have me back, I'm here. I'm all for it. And I really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, thanks very much. So today's Starting 11 was brought to us by Shenzi Shack. Don't forget to give Shenzi Shack and Chef Sab a follow on Instagram as they bring you cu cuisines from around the world. They deliver and are available for, for pickup in the Vancouver area. We'll take uh, one more short little break. And when we come back, final thoughts. What up, guys? It's your host, Nick McVicker. And if you are looking for a weekly sports podcast to fill your sports needs, you come to the right place. Garage Door Sports, hosted by myself, Kyle Vardy, and Irfan Manji, brings you all the up-to-date news, notes, and opinions on everything in the sporting world. If you like good conversation, good friends, and a lot of jokes being thrown around, you've come to the right place. Don't forget to check us out on all your favorite streaming sites, and we will make sure we bring you content every Saturday, right here on Garage Door Sports. Hey guys, it's producer Jake here from Benning House, the Garage Door Sports Network's ultimate degenerate gambling podcast. Catch our episodes weekly on Apple, Spotify, and Google as we bring you banter, laughter, and of course picks for all sorts of games throughout the week. Give us a follow on our socials at BettingHousePod where you can catch all our bets each week as well as some bonus content. Remember to always gamble responsibly. Let's get rich. All right, so that does it for today. Any final thoughts before we sign off? Um, nope. Honestly, this has been amazing. I feel like we've covered everything about me. Um, I've got to speak my piece a little bit, but um, just to leave you guys off, just remember who you are, why you're doing the things that you do, why you love to do the things that you do, and just keep that in the focus of your mind. I love how you did a Lion King line there with remember who you are. Oh. Um, so um, she's been watching too many kids movies, you know, listen, I watch, I watch yeah. the Lion King at least once every couple of weeks. So that's the only why it's in my head. But, um, listen to Rafiki and listen to Rachel's. <laughs> I'm going to say to you. R and R. Be sure to, do you have any final thoughts page before we, we sign off? No, I think, um, you know, Rachel covered it all. And I think she had some really great points and, and some great advice. So make sure you give her a follow for sure. And, and hopefully we have you, you back for, for some part two, maybe we can do a part two. That would be awesome. Yeah. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. We'll talk a little bit Manchester United the next time you're on and maybe <laughs> off season. Oh, we'll do off season grades or something. With right. But anyways, that ends our show for the day. For wherever you are, we thank you for joining in. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Give us a like or leave a rating. You can follow us on Twitter at TouchlineTH. Same thing on Instagram, TouchlineTH. You can follow Paige at Culver, Culver underscore Paige. You can follow myself at Irfan Manji. Rachel is La Rachie. 
uh, on uh, on Twitter. I'm sorry if I butchered that, but no, uh, we'll, we'll tag her in her post so you can follow her off of there. Um, um, yeah. Also, don't forget to follow our network at Garage Door Sports and check out garagedoorsports.com and follow our segment sponsor, sponsored Shenzi Shack on Instagram um, to place an order and to see their menu. So thanks for joining us again, Rachel. It's been awesome. No I've This has been one of my favorite interviews. <laughs> For sure. I don't know about you, but yeah. It's oh, been it's great. been great. Um, and there's something I've noticed is the same thing with Rachel Levant. Um, the two of you, the two Rachels have so much experience to share and yeah. so much calmness that you, you exuberate when we speak with you. So I think um, that's great in an athlete, but also great in, in an individual. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. It's been amazing. Uh, thank you all for listening. We will see you next match day. Cheers.